Welcome to Genius Leadership Overcoming Everything podcast. I'm your host, Anna Liebel, a mind shifter, helping male leaders in tech get out of the firefighter mode, become the proactive leaders they want to be, and enjoy the ride as they go. Join me every week for honest, insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders about their rollercoaster ride to leading from their zone of genius. If you find the show valuable, could you do me a favor? Rate and review the podcast. Share it with your network so that more of us can live a healthier and happier life. And for now, let's take the ride together. Hey, Genius Leader, Anna here, and I'm happy that you are tuning in today for another episode of this podcast. Today, I'm talking to Max Ivy or Maxwell Ivy. He is known as the blind blogger. He's the host of the podcast called What's Your Excuse? And he is also the online publicist. So he's helping other businesses and other creators to be more visible online through podcast appearances and media uh, connections and so on. So we'll talk a bit more about what he does in the interview. For now, I would like to summarize the topic, which is very important when you are on that hyper growth journey of your company. It's asking for help and receiving help, being okay with that. Max has grown up knowing that he would lose his eyesight. So his family has taught him to ask for help because everything would take him longer. It would be more difficult because the award is not created for people who are uh, not don't, don't have any sight. So he has learned it. But he also talks about that in the show that it's a continuous practice. Asking for help is a continuous practice that you really need to keep fresh, so to say. You need to get okay with no, with getting no. You really need to get enough of those and practice getting them and being okay with getting those no's. But also practice asking for help. And Max gives a couple of practical tips. For example, starting with asking people who you think will say yes anyways, just to gain some confidence and see that it's not that scary after all. And talking about scary, Max is talking about that the lack of our occasions when we ask for help ground in the fear, the fear of getting a no, but often fear of getting a negative effect of asking for help, being seen as weak, being seen as unprofessional and so on. And Max is talking about that it's actually the other way around, that people are happy to help. And we're discussing that when you're not asking for help, you're actually robbing the other person of the joy of helping you. And especially if we think and talk about people who care about you, just ask, you'll hear Max talking about those people notice that you're asking for help, even if you don't do it consciously and verbally. You're sending signals with your behaviors, with your words, with your actions. And if people know you well enough and they care for you, it hurts for them to see when you suffer. So they do want to help. So another big message here is to really get used to saying yes and thank you when you offered help. And don't think that that's a drop of ego and don't think that that's a weakness of yours. No, accept it with gratitude and just be stronger. Lean on the shoulders of the other giants to keep growing because you are needed for your people as a whole you. You need to stay healthy, you need to stay sustainable. And for that, you need help of everyone around you, be it your employees, your dear ones at home or your friends or even people you don't know. So I really want you to challenge today to listen carefully and think, whom could you ask for help? Where can you ask for help? What do you need help with? 
And also reflect on who recently maybe offered you some help that you said no to. And analyze that example and think about, can you go back and actually say, yes, thank you? Or how could you say yes next time you get help offered in a similar way or from the same person even? Learn. Learn this skill because it is so crucial for your success, for your health and your happiness. So keep growing. Join arms with the others. Enjoy this conversation and see you on the other side. Hi, dear viewers and listeners. We are live on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube today. And I am very, very happy to have my guest Maxwell Eva with me. And usually I don't present my guests. The presentation is in the description of the posts. And then when it goes to the podcast, I do the intro, record the intro after the conversation. But I know that Max is appreciating the other way. So here we go. Maxwell Eve is known as the blind blogger. And who sings on the podcasts? I've never seen anyone else doing that before. And uh, he's just the, one of the people with the kindest heart that I've met in a long time. Very humble, uh, with a beautiful mind and a wonderful soul and a very open heart and very, very kind. So Max, I am very happy to have you as a guest today. Good morning to you. Well, good, good morning, Anna. I'm very happy to be here as well. and. You know, I, I understand we that uh, my family spells it funny, but it's uh, it's not E V, it's Ivy. Ivy, but, sorry, but, but that's not the worst that I've ever heard. So I mean, we've got mail addressed to the Ivories, I V O R I E S. You know, I mean, it's it's just a, you know we just spell it wrong. My my family is either originally from South Carolina or originally from Ireland, depending on whether or not you believe the stories my dad used to tell us, because we're mm-hmm. not sure he was always telling the truth. And I appreciate the intro, especially since it's something you don't usually do. And people, I want y'all to know why the intro is important to me. I feel like a lot of us are doing great work in our lives, but we don't realize it. We don't recognize it. We don't appreciate it. We don't think we're doing anything all that special until somebody comes along and points it out to us. So I actually coach my my podcast guest students and even my coaching clients to start with creating your own intro, you know, have, you know, have a list of those things that are great about you or that you've done in the last month, six months or a year and say them out loud to yourselves. And I tell them, I say, look, I'll give you bonus points. If you come up with your own theme music and you have a, like a video montage, you want to, you know, let's just have fun with it and see, I grew up a wrestling fan. So I tell them, I'm like, you know, Think about WWE and, you know, create your own intro. So that's why, you know, I just thought maybe your listeners, your audience would like to know why it was you did it because it, because it is important to me. And I think it's important or should be important to a lot of people because, you know, we just don't think of ourselves. And, uh, and thanks so much for a pre- or like uh, explaining and also for correcting me with the last name pronunciation. Uh. I, as I usually say, like uh, I took it from from another uh, person who I'm following. She's usually saying, "I'm not stupid. I'm just Swedish." When she <laughs> likes some word or doesn't is not sure how to pronounce it in uh, English, so that's the same. I'm not stupid. I'm just Ukrainian. <laughs> and sometimes the pronunciation goes wrong. I see. Well, you have a you have a very lovely voice, and uh, and I'm surprised at the uh, at you're not having an accent, considering that you're Croatian. I mean, that's a 
that's usually a language that never goes away with uh, with the way somebody speaks. So I'm very impressed now that I know you're from Croatia. I'm, I'm not going to let you get away with this. I'm not stupid. I'm Croatian. I ain't buying that stuff. It was Ukraine, but yes, absolutely. Okay, and, Ukraine. Uh, okay, now yeah. we're now we're on even footing, so we can go ahead. <laughs> yeah, the accents are even stronger sometimes, but yeah, I somehow managed to to train it away. But today, it's not about me; it's about you and what you can uh, share with with the audience because you have a lot to share. And talking about sharing, you have your own podcast, which I didn't mention in the intro, which is "What's Your Excuse." It's brilliant. You're having conversations with people who are overcoming or have overcome adversities. And it's really that beautiful, beautiful, caring and loving kick in the pants for all the listeners about really overcoming everything. Just like my, my podcast is having that, that tagline about overcoming everything. And you are showing with your story and the stories, stories of your guests how everything can be an excuse, but everything can also be a learning and something that makes us stronger and more resilient. So thank you so much for sharing all the stories on your show. Right. Well, thank you so much for mentioning the podcast, What's Your Excuse? And that is our goal. We want people, by the end of the hour, we want people to think, hey, if that person can overcome all of this, then what's my excuse? And it's it's really, you're reaching that goal. I feel like that every time I listen to it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that you listen and I look forward to listening to more of your podcast as well. Uh, it is amazing how many people, you know, there are millions of podcasts, but does, isn't it kind of amazing how many of the podcasts seem to gravitate towards being honest conversations, whether mm-hmm. it's a business podcast or a podcast about writers and authors? It's like all of the scripted, these are the questions I'm going to ask every guest. All of that stuff has gone away. It hasn't succeeded. What succeeded has been honest conversations. Yeah, we're liking that. And I guess it comes a bit from the social media, how there everything is filtered quite often, or sometimes you don't know how much is actually shown. And those longer formats like podcasts, where you can go deeper, when you can explore the topic a bit more holistically and from the uh, higher level, so to say, but also go in depth. That's the, the beauty of, of the format that so many people appreciate nowadays. Right. And it's interesting you mentioned uh, the long form because I have friends who are like Max, don't don't you uh, aren't you disappointed or you know that you haven't done national media? You know, isn't that on your bucket list? And my response is, why would I want to do national media where I get twelve minutes? Mm. You know, what can I tell people? If you're lucky, well, <laughs> I don't if, it's yes, four. yes, if you, and that's that's not counting the intro and the you know. Uh, we were ha- glad to have you on the show. And, you know, maybe the host, th- there's something in your bio they want to ask about that you don't want to talk about that particular moment or day. I mean, it's, you're right. Sometimes you get three minutes or four minutes, but the average on national media is about 13 minutes. And, you know, I have, I'm kind of long winded. I have difficulty with brevity. So, I've always joked, you know, if I was on Good Morning America, about the time I'm halfway through my first answer, they'd go, thank you, Mr. Ivy, for coming on the show. We'll have to have you back again some other time, you know. <laughs> but, you know, you don't get a chance to get to know the host. You know, you go, you talk to producers and associate producers and uh, bookers and what they call stringers. You know, you hardly ever get to make a connection with the host. And that's the most valuable thing about doing this. Yeah, I love connecting with your audience. I, I love when people who listen to me talk 
and have these conversations, reach out to me directly to become friends or whatever. But the most important thing is every time, you know, I sit down with somebody, it's an opportunity to either make a new friend or to reconnect with that person and grow a friendship or relationship. So, yeah, I really like the long form of the podcast as opposed to the national media, even, you know, even though there may be millions of people watching some of those shows. Yeah, they all have their purpose, but yeah, I agree with you. The long format, the podcast where you can go in depth is my my, my jam and my zone of genius. Crazy yeah, I'm, wait, I'm waiting for them to call me to be on 60 Minutes or maybe Oprah's Sunday thing where you get a whole hour you know, or 40, at least 20 or 30 minutes, you know. <laughs> then you'll say maybe. Huh? Then I'll say maybe, yeah. <laughs> then, I'll ask them, then I'll ask them, you know, to, it, I'll tell them I'm interested if they're willing to treat me like the rock star that I am. You know, we'll see where it goes. Let's wait for that moment. Yeah. Max, talking about scripted questions, I do have a couple of them, and I usually start yeah, the one, yeah, which I know. is I'm about distract- leadership. I've distracted you very well up to this point, so yes. <laughs> now I'm not letting you uh, distract me anymore, any further. So, Max, this podcast is about leadership, and I would like to ask, what is leadership and who is a leader for you? I think leadership is about being the example. Uh, there used to be an expression among successful leaders that they would never ask a subordinate to do something that they wouldn't do or at some point in their career hadn't already done. So to me, it's a lot about example because uh, as you know, I, I'm known as this online personality, but I very rarely impact somebody directly. I very rarely say, you know, you, you should go do that and they go do it. Most of what I do is by is by implication. It's by example. So I think the really good leaders they set a good they set a strong example of ethical behavior, positive attitude, value of community and teamwork, problem solving, uh, in, including uh, including people instead of excluding them, and most importantly, listening as much if not more than you talk. That's a beautiful. Summary. And actually, when you started talking about it, I I thought of asking for clarification because as a leader, quite often you can't do practical tasks that you hire people for because that's that's the, the whole point of hiring people who can do things, uh, some things better than yourself. But then you gave those examples of ethical behavior and, and it's basically setting the example of the behaviors and the values, right? And then the tasks can be different. So yes, leadership it- is not about the example of doing the task, but it's more about how you want to do the tasks. Yeah, I appreciate you bringing that out for me because I didn't I didn't get to it uh, directly enough. But yeah, it is. I mean, we have so many examples of where large corporations that had been in business for years failed because the leaders were no longer setting an ethical example or the procedures became a top-down organizational structure where uh, the people in the boardroom stopped listening to the people in the storeroom. That's that's a great example of showing or uh, giving the, uh, this connection of that all levels matter and the, the suicide storeroom is a very important part of the organization where people know much better than sometimes the boardroom people. Well, you know, one of the, my, I, it's not, I, I'm not a big fan of reality television because most reality TV is way over scripted and is not real. But one of the things I've, I enjoy the end of the undercover boss shows because, you know, that's a show where, you know, these people, they're, 
you know, big time executives are they're living the lifestyle. They've got the they've got the golden parachute. You know, they're they're making hundreds of times what their employees make, and they spend a week, you know, quote undercover, but you have to believe some of the employees know better. But they spend a week uh, seeing their own company from the point of view of their employees, and just about every time they they see stuff that their company is not is not doing right anymore that they missed because they had no easy way to connect with the people in the trenches. Yeah, it can be very awake, awakening. And it's important to to have the communication going because there is so much information and so much important data that is lost somewhere in the communication between the levels. But Max, I want to talk to you today about the help, the theme for the podcast that, that your pod, your show goes on is about hypergrowth. So when the companies reach that stage in their uh, development, when suddenly they explode, right? They need to hire a lot of people. They get a lot of new customers. And I want to bring different opinions about what is important in those stages for the leader. And I think the topic that you talk about, one of them, uh, about asking for help and receiving help is one of the crucial moments that actually can make it or break it for the leaders that lead and go through the hypergrowth stage of their companies. So could you tell us a bit more about asking for help? What do you see is happening in that area for a lot of people that you meet? Right. Well, I'm not exactly sure how this applies to your question, but I have heard from uh, from many uh, successful entrepreneurs who have told me that they have difficulty doing this and wish that they could ask for help more often. So really what we're talking about is the fear of looking bad. You know, you want people to think that you're succeeding, <clears throat> that your company is growing and that you're making this rapid expansion and you really need to, to hire and attract a lot of very talented people and your company is is well enough that you deserve to have these great people working for you. But uh, a lot of times what happens is you're just afraid that you, you think if you ask for help or if you ask for opportunities, people are going to think less of you, they're going to think less of your company, or they're going to think less of your brand. And I think it's interesting that, in a, lot, that a lot of companies would not think the first thing about, about doing a survey of their customers uh, online to, to consider changing a product or a service, but executives, business owners, aspiring entrepreneurs, they would never think of asking their coworkers, their supervisor, their one of their business partners, maybe their financial institution for help or advice because they just would be worried about what the other person is going to think of them if they do. So it really does come down to fear. And I really, I like to do what I can to help people overcome this fear. So what I tell them to do is to put the focus on the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, because in most cases, when you do something nice for somebody else, when you can answer a question or solve a problem for them, it makes you feel really good about yourself. And if it's a case of a question where you had to draw on years of experience, education, or you've spent a lifetime developing a skill or a talent, then it really changes your day. It makes you feel great about somebody coming to you and saying, hey, I know you're the expert. I'm really struggling with this. I would like to get your help or your advice, and I really wish you would help me. And so if you if you go to somebody like that, one, it's going to make them feel better. 
And two, if you ask sincerely, they are generally not going to think less of you. In many cases, I've been told that the person on the other side of the desk thought more highly of them because they were willing to ask the questions instead of just going ahead and making the decisions and and most likely making the mistakes that would have cost them time or money or both that would have maybe had them miss out on a great employee or a great partnership with with another company that could have provided some of the talent that they needed. So it really does come down to overcoming the fear. And I've come up with this expression, and I'm going to say it twice because I think it's the most important thing that I tell people and the most important thing I'm going to say today, which is when you refuse to ask, you rob the other person of the joy they would have received from helping you. So I want you to think about the other person, forget about yourself for 30 seconds, and remember, when you refuse to ask, you rob the other person of the joy, you rob them of the blessing, you rob them of the energy they would have received by helping you. So that's what you have to think about. You have to think about the other person and that you're actually making their day harder. Their life it would be more joyful if you would just go ahead and ask. And this applies to asking for help as well as asking for opportunities, because a lot of people have a similar fear around opportunity. They're like, well, if I say that, you know, that Anna should have me on her podcast, you know, then I'm saying that I'm great. You know, (laughs) I'm bragging on myself. I'm saying that I'm as good as or better than other people. That's what gets into somebody's head when they start asking for certain opportunities. And in a lot of cases, They'll let an opportunity pass them by because they are either afraid to ask, you know, they're afraid what the other person is going to think of them, that maybe they think too much of themselves or their business by asking, or they are going to miss a great opportunity because they didn't feel like they were ready for it yet. And see, to me, what I I love opportunities that cause me to stretch and grow and do things that scare the heck out of me. Because those are usually the things that provide the most and quickest growth. So whether it's whether it's asking for help or for an opportunity, you know, you have to think about the other person and not be afraid to ask. Now, this leads me to the second part of asking for help, which is accepting help when offered, because this is even more difficult. I mean, it's one thing when you (laughs) it's one thing when you summon your courage and you ask somebody for help and they say yes or no or, or whatever. But when somebody offers to help you and you didn't, you know, directly ask them, then there's a whole nother level of ego. It's like, yeah, who the heck do they think they are? I don't need their help. I'm doing just, they should take their help and give it to somebody who needs it. Is that pretty much, you know, I mean, that's, that's what you would hear. Yes. I mean, I'm not too far off, right? No, no, no. Uh, It's quite often is happening that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you're like, somebody comes along and they have a, they have a suggestion or some advice. And you're like, I, I never asked them. So uh, the first thing with this happens, and it also applies to opportunities, because sometimes people will come along and ask you to be part of something, and you feel like, well, maybe they have an alternative, ulterior motive. You know, maybe they want to get something from me or take advantage of me. So there's also that fear when it comes to opportunity. But when people offer to help you, it takes more courage for them to reach out to you then it takes you to ask somebody on your own. So please remember that it took them a lot of courage. They risked their ego and the possibility that you may 
not only say no, but say no in a very negative, you know, blunt, sometimes even angry way. So try to remember and, and treat these offers with kindness and generosity because it did take them a lot of effort to do it. But the more important part is we ask for help and for opportunities all the time without thinking about it. Now, the obvious ones are prayer, which I believe in, or meditation, or the law of attraction, which a lot of other people believe in. You know, these are things where you're communing with God or with the universe, and you're asking, but you didn't directly ask the other person or the other company's representative. There's also, of course, the obvious of, you know, making a phone call or sending an email. But what I'm talking about here is we communicate with people around us whether in person, over over the net. We communicate with people subtly on a subconscious level all the time. We let words slip. We use language in blog posts or emails or comments on social media. And sometimes we are sending signals to other people and we don't realize it because the problem is so deep in our subconscious, in our minds that those words just seep into our conversation and the people out there in the world who are great listeners, who, you know, are, are attentive readers or who are what are called intuitive, you know, they are naturally tuned in to other people. They notice these things and they will see, they will see, Hey, you know, Max is struggling with something. I should offer to help him. And then you get an email or a phone call. And you go from there. I, I like to use the example of my editor for the books I've written. Uh, her name is Lorraine Regulie, and, and she's at wordingwell.com. Okay. Like maybe 10 years ago, I was still focusing strictly on selling used amusement equipment. And I had a blog and in the blog, there would always be pictures of equipment. And she noticed that the photos were showing up in the middle of my posts. And you know how people are on the internet. If they see that, they're just going to click on to the next article. They're not going to struggle to try to read around an image. But, you know, I'm blind. So, and I mean, almost totally blind. And I did not know this was happening. I didn't know it was even a problem. So I didn't even have the, you know, I, I wasn't even, you know, subconsciously putting it out in the world. It just happened to be there. And Lorraine noticed it. She reached out to me, said, Max, I don't know if you know this is happening. You probably don't, but you know, it's, it is a problem and it's probably costing you readers and traffic and comments. So she got on Skype because back then it was Skype, not Zoom and uh, helped me figure out what was going wrong. So we fixed that by changing a couple of settings in the, in the software I was using to post my blog articles. And then a couple years later, when I was ready to write my first book, she was the natural choice to be the editor. And we've had this great friendship, both working and personal, uh, for what, since 2000, since the end of 2013. And this is 2021. So, uh, that started because she noticed I was struggling with something, even though I didn't reached out to offer to help. And that led to a business opportunity for her. So just remember when people reach out to you, you probably don't even realize how bad off you are and how much you're telling the world that you need help. And you just, you just don't notice it. That's, I mean, because think about it, how, you know, you've got social media, you've got your emails, you've got to have the meetings with the, the clients, the prospective employees, the bankers, the, 
you know, the suppliers, all these people that you you're you're just trying to you're just trying to do the next thing every day to get to either launch the business or grow the business. And you just really don't have time for a lot of, you know, introspective thought. But, you know, this is the case. There are things that you are doing that are bothering the heck out of you that you you don't know you're talking about, but you are. And there are people out there in the world who will notice it. And some of them will find the courage to reach out to you and go, hey, can I offer to help? And when they do, I advise you to take their help or at least have a great conversation and see if y'all are a good match for them to help you and maybe down the road for you to help them and just say thank you. But if you're not going to say yes, say no politely. And then, you know, if you do this right, even if you don't take their help, you'll get their friendship, which those things have value. I'm glad more entrepreneurs are starting to realize the value of building a community and business relationships over business contacts, because those two words are very different. So, uh, you know, that's what I would say about when people offer to help you. And then the most important things, whether you asked or they offered, you have to show gratitude. And I know your people are thinking, well, yeah, I'll say thank you. And I might even send them a card or a Starbucks. Well, those are great. But what I mean about gratitude is if somebody offers to help or responds to your request and they say, this is what you should do, or this is who you should hire, or this is the agency you should contract with to do your hiring, whatever the advice is, use it. Or at least, at least be able to show to the other person that you gave it serious consideration, that you didn't just sit there and talk to them and listen and nod your head and then go do whatever the heck you were going to do anyway. You know, show that you gave their ideas real, thoughtful consideration. And if possible, implement them. Because to me, that's how you say thank you to somebody that's helping you with a problem. You, you use their advice and you use it as quickly as you possibly can. You know, maybe you can't use what they're telling you today. But, you know, send an email to yourself or write it down somewhere because you probably can use it, you know, next month or next year. And so that's what I would say about gratitude. I also enjoy very much sharing on social media when somebody has done something nice for me. And, you know, as far as the, the, the thing about asking for help and receiving help, a lot of times people are worried that when somebody reaches out to them that they're wanting to get paid, you know, that they're wanting to sell their service or their product. Well, in some cases, that may be true. But if you keep an open mind and an open heart, lots of good things can happen. So for me, over the years, there have been times when I didn't have the money to hire somebody, but I knew that they were the right person to work with. And we had an honest conversation. And so as a result, I've had a lot of stuff that's been done for me for free or that's been done on the understanding that they knew I would show that I would have to be grateful and show gratitude. There have been people who have charged me less than their usual rate, who've done installment agreements with me that they where they didn't offer anybody else payments and where people have said, you know, you have this great service that that you perform. Would you be interested in doing that for me for 30 days or 90 days in exchange for the value of what I'm offering? And I know there are a lot of coaches nowadays who say exchanging services is, is a horrible idea. Well, it probably is a horrible idea for an established company or for a large business or corporation. But for somebody that's trying to get started, anytime you can get something where somebody else does the work or somebody else provides the funds, 
I say that that's a win-win as long as both sides understand the value of what they're offering and the value is pretty much equal. And that in addition to the business side that you're personally relatable, you know, because Mm -hmm. Even if somebody has what I need, if I don't like the person, I'm probably not going to work with them. So, uh, so these are things, you know, you have to, uh, I thoroughly believe that building community, creating relationships, which one of the best ways I create relationships is through podcast interviews. So building community, asking for help, accepting help when offered and being grateful and showing that gratitude by action, starting with, with implementing what they have, have advised you to do onto uh, mentioning them to other business contacts, promoting them on social media, and maybe even mentioning them to the news media. So that's what I have to say about this. Um, do you have any, any questions about what we've covered so far? Hey, Genius Leader, I'm chiming in here quickly to ask you to do one thing for me. If you're enjoying this episode, share it with one person who you think would find it valuable as well. Let's spread the goodness together so that more people can play within their zone of genius. First of all, I would like to summarize because you've covered so many things, Max. And uh, let's summarize that way. Uh, first of all, why would you have challenges to, to ask for help, right? And you said that quite often it comes from the fear that we will be seen in in some negative way, that we will be seen as weak and perceived as incompetent or a professional or whatever. And what you said, it's actually vice versa. When people are reaching out and saying, hey, I need help here. I'm not sure how to do it. And I know that you are better at that or that I am. Then you're gifting them with this trust. We are showing yes. them that you appreciate yes. them. And uh, this is the, I, I really like how you put it, that if you if you're not asking for help, you're really robbing the other person of the joy of helping. And it's so important to have this shift in the mindset and in your attitude towards help. It's really a gift, right? And, and there is so much research showing like if you are having issue, uh, with your mood, with your, uh, maybe some kind of thoughts, negative thoughts and so on, go out and help someone on the street, uh, donate money, contribute as a volunteer and so on. And it's, scientifically proven that that actually makes you happier. So think about it. Whenever you are in a need of help, that means that you can actually gift <laughs> this <laughs> joy and happiness to the other person that can help you. Yeah. So think yeah. about and, the other person. And I, right. Okay. Yeah, you're doing great. And I want to thank you. You know, um, you have introduced me to a couple of amazing people. Um, Johan, for one, who... Um, I've had some great conversations with, and, you know, really, I know that you did that strictly from the kindness of your heart, wanting to connect people that you thought, you know, one had, you know, a a similar mindset or approach to the world, but also, you know, people who could help each other move their uh, respective passions forward a little faster. So I appreciate that, you know, you, you, I'm sure that you understood what we were talking about much clearer because you were already doing it. It is a part of natural part for me. I see the dots. I I network with so many people and then 
sometimes I see like, oh, those people need to talk to each other because they, they would really vibe and, and, you know, like they would connect on a personal level or the business level. So I, I have a lot of people who have connected and who are doing business with each other or buying services from each other and so on and so forth. And it just brings me joy to see like those yes. people... They win from this. And I just managed to, to connect the dots for someone who, who didn't know that they, they could have been connected that way. And at some point in my, back in my corporate times, I was called, uh, I was introduced by a colleague to a new colleague on their team. And, and they said, and this is Anna. She's the spider. <laughs> and then she got very, <laughs> uh, she blushed and it was like, I'm sorry. I didn't want to mean anything negative. I just mean that you know everyone here. So you're like in a spider in a cobweb. You're connecting everyone. Yeah, and that, yeah. that's just the natural part of me. And I just, it really brings me joy. I thought there, I thought you were going to say he introduced you as the butterfly. Uh, <laughs> uh, Unfortunately, butterflies know, don't connect the dots. They don't. That's true. That's true. A spider doesn't have the the a, a spider doesn't have the cuteness though. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't need to be cute. <laughs> you don't need to be cute. Okay. <laughs> so going uh, continuing with the summary of what you've said already. I really like how you also shifted to not only ask about help or ask for help, but also ask about uh, and for opportunities. This is something that a lot of us don't even think about. And I think that we need to bring this conversation up, especially when you're talking about the hyper growth business, for example. It's so important to think about like, okay, what kind of doors could be opened for me here that would help me reach the vision of our company, help me uh, empower my uh my team and my employees and so on and so forth. So think about it. What kind of opportunities are you missing out on? And 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 think who could maybe open up those doors, give you the keys, give you some codes and, and ask for that. Of course, it's 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 scary because you can be rejected. But what I'm teaching on and both my clients and I've talked about it here on the podcast a couple of times. When you receive a no, never take it personally. Quite often, it is more about the other person than you. They might not have resources for that. It might be the bad timing for them. Or they might even have the imposter syndrome and feel like, oh, who am I to help this person with this thing? So never take it as the, something negative about yourself or don't think that the person doesn't like you. It's really about them, <laughs> not about you. <laughs> yeah. This is so true. There can be so many things. And I need to add that, um, the idea of imposter syndrome to some of the, some of the things, because I talk on this topic a lot. And that's one of the few things I have never discussed with my, with the listeners on a podcast or with an audience in a, in a, uh, in a talk. So I appreciate you giving me a, a new, you know, a new point to include in this whole thing. But, you know, I, I, one of the things I wish coaches and gurus would do more is let people know that what they're doing is not easy, but it, anybody can do it with practice. And in my case, I want people to know that I'm very comfortable asking for two reasons. One, I grew up knowing I was eventually going to lose my vision. So I was trained by my family uh, and, my, and teachers in school to never be afraid to ask for help. The, my dad always said, you know, you're, you're going to need their help. It's going to take you longer and be much harder if you're stubborn and try to do everything by yourself. So I have that advantage. I was raised differently than 99% of the world. Uh, at least 99% of the U.S., uh, you know, what we call the, the Western or civilized world, you know. The other thing is, is I have a lot of experience being told no. So if you look at me and you're like, yeah, he's great at it. He's, uh, 
he's amazing. He's always been doing this. No, I've, I haven't always been good at it. I've been doing it forever. So you're going to have to get comfortable with it. And the only way you get comfortable with it is by doing it. So I suggest start off by asking people who you think will probably say yes. You know, one of the great things about being interviewed for podcasts and radio shows is in a lot of cases, these hosts need guests. They're actively looking for guests. They, some of them sit up at night thinking, man, I wish the universe would just bring me one really good qualified guest. You know, so you, when you, when you reach out to a radio show or a local news station, these people need guests. They need stories and they're working their butts off every day to, to find the, the next person and the next story. So when I reach out to, uh, show hosts or people in the media, I know that they want to say yes. They're, they're looking. And if I give, if I present myself in a way that shows me to be the person they're looking for, they're going to say yes. So that's, that's where I would start. I would start with people you, you can, you think will probably say yes. Maybe somebody you've had a conversation with in the past, somebody you've known a while, somebody you're friendly with on social media. And it looks like from their content that y'all have things in common. Uh, and then work up to it. But after, Besides being raised to ask for help, I spent 15 years booking for a small traveling carnival in the state of Texas. Now, where you live, they call them fun fairs. And, but here, you know, here in Texas, they call them carnivals. And in Texas, I'm sure you've heard the expression, everything's bigger in Texas. Well, in Texas, if your neighbor's town has a bigger, better, or flashier, or scarier carnival than you did, you're a failure. <laughs> that's not an exaggeration. That's what, that's how they see themselves. It's, you know, after football, it's, it's your town's fair or festival. And so we had seven, sometimes eight rides. Most of our competitors had two or three times as many rides and most of their stuff was newer, flashier and scarier than our stuff. So the only way we could fill our calendar was just to continue to ask people. And I got told no a lot. I got told no. And, Every way it can be said in English, a couple ways in Spanish. And, and one woman even made me feel like I should go wipe my shoes on my rug after telling me that there, that she was shocked. I would think that they would even want something like a carnival. So I have, you know, 15 years of being told, no, that makes, you know, doing what I'm doing now, uh, you know, reaching out for myself and for my clients and for the, for the friends I've met along the way. That's easy. You know, if after you book a seven ride carnival in Texas, you know, you can call, call or email anybody. So I, I just want to share this so people understand that this is not a natural talent. They can develop this through practice. And I agree with what you said. You know, when people say no, don't take it personally. Uh, a lot of times when somebody said no to me, it wasn't the right time for me either when they said no. But then there are other times when I asked for something that was totally out of my league that said yes anyway. So you have to keep asking. I like to say, uh, just press send. Don't let your fears keep you from your, from your goals. So, uh, I encourage you. And I, and I, you know, I said, start, you know, with somebody who you feel like will probably say yes. I'll make it real easy for you. Go to the blindblogger.net and click on the contact form and send an email to Max Ivy and go, Hey, I saw you on Anna's show. And you were either really good or I thought you were really full of junk and you have no clue what you're talking about. Either one is fine with me. And we'll start with an email and see where it goes. Because to me, every friend is an opportunity for something amazing to happen. 
and we can't become friends until one of us says hello to the other one of us. Mm-hmm. So start there, you know, build your community, uh, add at least one new person on social media that you actually plan to get to know that isn't just a number or somebody famous or, you know, look cool to have it in your network. You know, I personally do not add people to my LinkedIn account that I either haven't, haven't looked into or wasn't already interested in. And while I'm not perfect, I do a really good job of sending an actual real message to the people that connect with me uh, over on LinkedIn, which is where I prefer to, to, to do my business as a, as a podcast, um, as a podcast guest instructor and booker. That's where I like to do most of my work is over on LinkedIn. So I send a lot of actual messages to people and I send voice messages to people. And I don't know, did I send you any of my messages where I sing at the end, Anna? Do you get one of those? No. What exactly is saying at the end? I said where I sing at the end. Did you get one of them? No, not singing no, actually. I only no, heard you singing in the in the podcast. Okay. All right. I've been having fun with voice messages. So here lately when I when I send send them to new people, you know, I finish with like about, you know, 20 seconds of, of music. Just just because I know it's I know it's unique and I sound good and it'll be something that they'll that they'll remember and and who's who knows maybe maybe they will be more likely to reply back to me so so yeah i would say asking is one of those things it takes it takes practice uh don't be scared of doing it get to the point where no is actually something that you know you're you're comfortable with and use the no's to move forward sometimes when somebody says no it's a flat no like you know, go away, don't bother us. But sometimes a no is noncommittal and you can go, well, look, this wasn't the perfect time for us or this wasn't a great opportunity for you or, you know, just try to continue the conversation. And you may, you may not do business with them, but you may at least develop a new contact, a, a new business relationship who can introduce you to somebody down the road who maybe remembers you. And then, of course, uh, something I had to relearn lately, and I'll admit this to y'all. A lot of the stuff that works really well, for some reason, we have to learn over and over again in our careers. Um, <laughs> I have been uh, connected with probably about, I'd say probably about half a dozen members of the Nepris online learning platform. And it's a, it's a platform that connects professionals like me and you with classrooms in the U.S. To, so that teachers can bring experts in via Zoom. It existed before COVID. It, of course, did really well during COVID. It's continuing. But, you know, I've gotten to know these great people through reaching. I, I spoke on their platform and then I connected with the people who run the platform on LinkedIn. And I reached out and said hello to them and started a conversation. And now, um, lo and behold, next month, I'm going to be giving a talk to their staff meeting, the first mm-hmm. staff meeting they've had since COVID. So, it's going to be very, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it because it's going to be the most uh, prestigious group that I have spoken to since I gave my first uh, professional talk in 2017. But that happened because, you know, like I say, ask people that are likely to say yes. I had, I'm like, Max, you know, all these great people. And it was really, I just, it was kind of like an offhand email. I sent an email saying, you know, I really enjoyed getting to know you. I'd like to share a copy of one of my books with you. And 
like I say, one thing led to another. But these are people I knew. These are people I had been exchanging messages with. And I did not think to go, hey, is there something I can do? Is there something you have going on that I could be part of? So I encourage you, look through your LinkedIn connections. Look through your contacts thing on your phone or your laptop. I would say look through your Rolodex, but then people would know exactly that I'm old. But, you know, look through those business cards in your wallet. There are people you know that you've been introduced to, that you've had conversations with, even if they were electronic. Those people are likely to say yes because they they at least know who the heck you are. And they probably remember you friendly. You know, they remember you well. They may not, you know, they may not think of you as a friend yet or as a as a business relationship, but they remember you from, you know, where you had talked to them. It may have been online in a Facebook group or in a LinkedIn group, or it may have been in person at a conference back when we were still going to those. But think about who do you know already? You know, when I when I first when I first started selling used rides and couldn't get anybody to list their equipment with me, I reached out to the people who had done business with my dad. So there are lots of people we already know, and we should think about, of those people, who's in a position to provide me with the great employee that I need, or the manager, or the, uh, or the finance company, or, you know, an opportunity to promote my business? Yeah, I, I usually talk about that, that you need to dig where you stand. Quite often we look like, oh, where can I find the new contacts? Where can I find the new prospects and, and so on and so forth, potential collaborators and so on. And don't forget about those people whom we already know, just as you said. Think about it. Go through your lists. Go through your contacts. Just check out with whom have you had email conversations and reach out to those people. Because they're, as you said, Max, they, you already have some relationship with them. Just build on that. Continue building on that. Don't drop every ball that you did. As soon as it kind of got onto your field, you just, oh, okay, it's on my field, yeah. and you drop it. Yeah. Keep yeah. building the relationship. Keep nurturing it. So I really yeah. like what you said as well about the being the gra- grateful for the help when you receive it, when you offered it, or when you asked and you get it. And I just remember one one simple example, I met a fitness coach whose training I'm doing online. Uh, I was in Ukraine visiting my family and I saw online that she was in Kiev as well. So I reached out to her and said, Hannah, I've been following you for a while and uh, I, I've been interacting with her contact. So it was not the first touch point. And I said, I'm now in, in, in town. Would you have some time for lunch or a coffee? Because uh, I would really love to talk to you because I, I really like her spirit. And she said, yes. And we met and then I offered to pay the bill for both of us. And she just smiled kindly and said, I accept it with gratitude. And it was just so simple. And I, I honestly am having goosebumps right now while thinking about that moment because I would always be like, no, 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 I'll pay for myself and those kind of things. I'm an independent person and so on. But she showed me this. Like, it can be so easy. Like, I did you know, it. You know, yeah, I, you know I agree with I, I, I hate to break. I, I'm sorry because I was getting chills too because... In 2017, I went out on the road to do some speaking and I didn't have a lot of money. So uh, when people would invite me to go eat with them, I would go, but I would always order very frugally because I was afraid, you know, if I end up having to pay this bill, what what am I going to do? Because I don't have the money in my pocket to pay for, you know, like a, a full dinner with a glass of wine or whatever. So I ordered very frugally, even though a lot, even though several times the person who invited me to go eat paid the bill. Well, last year or year before last, that one, uh, 2019 at PodFest, 
which is a conference for independent podcasters, just for those of y'all who don't know. And uh, I was there to speak, and I had been there the year before, so there were quite a few people who either knew me or knew about me. I meet this great couple after one of the uh, breakout sessions, and I'm sitting there talking to him. The husband, he's a former firefighter that's doing a podcast on um, on pers- home safety and safety on the on the job site, and the the wife is a mother who's wanting to do stuff about uh, being a being a grandparent. And we have a great talk and they go, well, we'd like to buy you lunch. I'm going great. So we went and we went and sat down and, uh, I ordered the food I wanted without thinking about what it would cost. I, I had a glass of beer. You know, I, I sat there and enjoyed my meal. I was not anxious. And what was really funny is at the end, I'm sitting there and there, the friend of mine who invited me to do my first talk in Philadelphia, uh, four years before. Two years before, he walks up. He says, Max, I can't believe the transformation. I'm like, what do you mean? He said, you forgot, didn't you? I said, what do you mean? He said, he said, he said, man, when I tried to feed you in Philadelphia, he said, I thought I was going to have to shove the food down your throat. You know, it's like, <laughs> he said, I, he just, you know, couldn't believe the change, but it is sometimes just so hard to say thank you and, mm-hmm. and go on about your business. Now, I, I, I've found it's easier for me to say thank you with strangers than it is with people I know, but I've gotten so much better at it. When I, I traveled to New York City in 2016 uh, and into the beginning of 17, I was one of the Amtrak writers in residence, and I used my prize to go there during the holidays. And while I was there, I had a man buy my breakfast. I had a cabbie try to give me his umbrella until I pointed out that a guy with a cane can't, manage, can't also manage an umbrella. If you think about it a little bit, it'll make you laugh, or at least it will make you smile. I had a cabbie not pay me when his credit card reader wouldn't process my card, and he could tell that it was the reader, not my account. You know, I had, oh yeah, I had two blokes from the UK who spoke, whose whose accents were horrible. They noticed I was stuck at Rockefeller Center and couldn't couldn't get out of there to a taxi because they don't let taxis pick up there. You have to walk several blocks away and then hail it. So these guys are like, Hey, there's a pedal cab. And they just, they just took me by the arm. They said, Hey, we're going, we're going to help you out. They walked me over to the pedal cab. They threw some money down on the, on the guys, on the guy's dash or whatever and said, Hey, he's going to the, he's going to the Gershwin theater. Make sure he gets there. And next thing I know, I'm bouncing around New York City streets on the way to the Gershwin Theater to see, or at least to listen, listen to Wicked. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, that sort of stuff happens. And I have no trouble saying gratitude, say thank you with strangers. And I've gotten so much better at it with people that I'm friendly with or that I mm-hmm. ha- have met before somewhere. But I love that you shared that example because it is one of those things, it, even over the small things. We struggle with just accepting help and saying thank you. And, and just as you're saying, it's practice. It's really some muscle that we need to build, and we build it through repetition, both getting comfortable with the nose and also with asking for help in the first place and uh, accepting it. So I would like to summarize all what we have discussed today, Max, with the, the question, what would be your three pieces of advice? It could be about asking and receiving help, but it could be about anything in life. Well, I like to live my life by three core principles, and we've spent today talking about one of them. But the three, they, they are deciding to find solutions instead of making excuses, because with most things in life, it really just does come down to a decision 
And a lot of times there are many solutions available to us, but they're not enjoyable. So the successful person will not only find the solutions, but they will act on them, even if they don't like having to do them in the short term. The second principle is to ask for help and accept help when offered. And we've, we've talked a lot about that, but I'm always surprised how much this topic resonates with business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs and how many of them tell them, tell me they struggle with it. And then the third one is be determined to find the positive in every aspect of your life, whether that be your personal life or your business life. And again, I say determined because finding the positive is not easy. It takes practice and effort. You need to develop a, a routine or a ritual to help you find the positive. And on this one, I'd like to share another expression, if it's okay with you. Absolutely. I like to say that finding the positive is like finding anything else that's lost. Finding the positive is like mm-hmm. finding your car keys, your TV remote, uh, or your smartphone. You know it's there somewhere, and you keep looking until you find it. So when it comes to finding the positive, you have to decide, notice decisions in there again, you have to decide that something positive either has happened or will happen, and you're going to look for it until you find it. And this is one of those things you have to practice it. But if you if you start by making a list of three or four things that were good that happened to you today, it can become a habit. And then when something really, really awful happens, then you have this this muscle that's been built up to find the positive. Yeah, those are my I three really love keys. It. It, those are so powerful, both each of them, and together, all together, Max, they they are really creating the powerful shift in the mindset that we all can can use in our life to be happier and healthier, uh, and just live more purposefully. Max, one practical piece of advice that our listeners and viewers can take today as the action step. That's very simple is, uh, yes, is find at least one thing that you can do today that will move you closer towards your ultimate goal. It doesn't have to be a big thing. In fact, I encourage you to find something small because even the small things can be scary if you actually think about them and not see them as routine. But find something you can take action on today, something you can say to yourself, I did something good today. And then either try to do at least one thing again tomorrow or do more than one thing, more than one thing each day. It's all about taking the small actions. I didn't say this originally, so I'm stealing it from somebody, but I don't know from who. It's the small steps that add up to the big leap. So I say go out and do something. And I also want to want to remind people, I get told all the time that I'm an inspiration. People say that I'm inspiring. They say, hey, if Max can do it, then what's my excuse? Well, what I want to know is, what did Max inspire you to do today? And I really hope that if y'all are listening and you're paying attention, that you will let me and Anna know something you did today. It doesn't have to be used, you know, but something you can be happy with yourself, satisfied, proud of, and something to move you closer to your goal. Because to me, inspiration without action is meaningless. Yes, it's so powerful. And please, 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 everyone who is watching and, and listening, do that. Reach out to us. Reach out to Max through his webpage, which we'll put in the show notes. And, and let him know, what action have you taken based on the inspiration you have received today? How are you maybe learning to ask for help or receive it? So Max, 
last question that I usually ask is how people can find you. What could you help them with as a business uh, owner and as the blogger? Uh, please share all the resources you would like our, our viewers and listeners to tap into. Okay, I'm going to try to keep this short. Okay, they can find me at theblindblogger.net. Uh, they can also soon find me and uh, and my fellow uh, podcasters with disabilities at uh, wyexcuse.com, which we're growing a network to help support each other as podcasters with disabilities, because community is very important when you're trying to grow a business like a, a podcast, a radio show, or a television show. So uh, they can find me there. They can also, if they want to listen to my show, What's Your Excuse?, they can find it at theblindblogger.net or they can ask Alexa or Google or Siri to just play What's Your Excuse? It's mm -hmm. on all of those. It's on iHeart. It's on Amazon. But mainly, just when in doubt, go to theblindblogger.net. Um, you can use the contact form or you can just send an email to just ask at theblindblogger.net. As far as services, I help people grow, create and grow a brand through online media whether that be blog posts, guest posts, news articles, magazine posts, podcasts, radio, TV, national, all of this, all of anything that can be done online that can be done from your home, from your, from your motel room if you're traveling, so that you don't have to really break up your schedule to promote your business. And the great thing about all of these things is they are fun. They're energizing. Uh, I do not get the same feeling in my body or in my heart after creating a blog post or posting on Facebook as I do when I sit down and have a conversation with great people like yourself. So that's what I do. I teach people how to be great guests. I book them on shows, but I really do help them create a, a brand around telling their story and their business's story. And I'm actually looking forward to finding one person who's really ready to invest in their business who's ready to have me visit them in person and spend a couple of days with them getting clear on what their story is. Because until you can tell your entrepreneurial story, you really can't market yourself effectively. I mean, mm -hmm. that's how people come to know, like, love, trust you is they have to know who you are. So, you know, in today's world, it's all about storytelling. To use the expression from the, from the big blockbuster movies, it's about your origin story. And Knowing what it is, being confident in, in wanting to tell it, being honest and authentic wherever possible, uh, being open to whatever questions the interviewer may have for you. And in some cases, those questions may not be exactly in line with what you do, but they are in line with your story. So you, you know, you have a great conversation. I like to say that's the most important thing. I do all the work. So all you have to do is show up and have a coffee with Anna. And, uh, and me and other people like us. Now, doesn't that sound fun? And that's what I'm looking, for. I'm looking for. I'm looking for somebody ready to just go all in on storytelling and online media to build their brand. So I'm hoping we'll find somebody like that today. But if not, you know, if not, they can go to theblindblogger.net slash rockstar and download a free audio course on how to use interviews to promote th to uh, grow the brand. Thanks so much, uh, Max, for, for sharing all those resources. And also uh, giving a shout out what you are looking for as a help, right? You're looking for this rock star <laughs> who, uh, who would <laughs> yeah, like I, to, to... Well, I mean, I, I'm sorry if I overstepped there, but I mean, uh, it just, 
you know, I I don't prepare these answers in advance. So sometimes I, you know, I I like to say sometimes I have the restraint of a Labrador puppy. You know, I'm so I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you got my reference. I'm having a good day. Uh, so I'm sorry about that if I overstepped a little. But I mean, I feel like that. You know, this is probably a really good place to connect with that business. You know, um, in some cases, the business may not have the funds to do it now, or they may not have the time, what, what we call the bandwidth nowadays. But that doesn't mean we can't have a conversation about it. And, you know, I love helping people with their stories. So, you know, maybe we could, you know, could get on Zoom and, and talk for 15 minutes. And maybe I give you a nugget or two that helps you helps you get focused on your story and helps you move forward. And then, you know, maybe a year from now or two years from now, you know, that business owner comes back to me. This is all about getting yourself out into the world, letting people see who you really are, because if you're not going to be authentic, if you're not going to be you, when you do these interviews, you might as well not do them. So, you know, I get a chance for people to see who Max Ivy is, what Max has struggled with, what he continues to struggle with, where he succeeds, you know, where he feels like he can add value to other people's lives and businesses and go from there. And the one most important thing about this is you can't come at what we're doing right now as this is going to get me a client today, or this is going to get me a contract, or this is going to get me an appointment, or this is going to get me that great employee today. No, this is a, you know, this is a river. This is a, this is a process you put your content out there on a regular basis by doing interviews. And oh, by the way, interviews are a great way to create content without really having to do any work. You know, it's a whole lot easier than writing a blog post or creating an infogram. I mean, you know, this is easy. That's the, that's the Genius Leadership Podcast. <laughs> this is easy, y'all. This is fun. Well, you know, this is, this is, but, but, you know, you have to have your story. You have to be authentic. And that's hard for business owners. So, but yeah, at, at theblindblogger.net, I do business coaching. I teach people to be podcast guests. I help people launch podcasts in some cases. But mainly, I am just a guy who loves connecting people. I love helping people. I love finding those creative solutions that other people are missing because, you know, they're just not seeing things or they've asked themselves, you know, about all the possibilities and the, and the possibility is like, yeah, I don't want to do this. But... You know, at some points in your business, probably not when you're going through an expansion, but at some points in your business, you have to do things that you don't like. Just think about this. At one point, the only answer for me to get online when I started in 2007 was to learn how to code HTML. So I am a self-taught HTML coder, and I did that for five years, running a website, one line of code at a time. Now, would I, would I do that again now? Um, not as long as WordPress is in existence. Would I wish that on my worst enemy? Not as long as WordPress. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a nightmarish way to create a website to have to code it from the back end instead of just doing the pretty stuff that you do with WordPress or Drupal or Wix or GoDaddy or whatever you you know. This is so you know. I help people find creative solutions. I connect people. That's one thing me and you have in common. It's probably why we're you know we've become such good friends. Is we both really see our number one talent. And goal in life is to see those people who should know each other, who can help each other and introducing them. So, and one other thing for those people who are doing it or in business, a lot of times people miss opportunities because they're focused on what is it going to do for me today? And in some cases, the 
the opportunity may not be something that's going to bear fruit right away. So a lot of times I have conversations with people and I have, you know, I spend a great 15 or 20 minutes talking with them. And I know when I hang up that, you know, they're not going to put any money in my bank this week or this month. But because I I came at it with the right mind and heart, I had a very good conversation. So that's what we have to think about this is, uh, oh, yeah. My point was, is that there are oftentimes when I will pitch somebody to a podcast host or to a magazine article that I've heard about that I don't have as a client, that I have no expectation they will ever hire me as a client, but they're perfect for the host. And so I send an email. It takes me 30 seconds to tell somebody, hey, I got this friend and you should know them. And then when I see that they actually connected and did something down the road, that's really exciting. I love that stuff. So, you know, me and you have that in common. We really want to help each other. And we do that a lot of times by introductions and connections. But don't forget, sometimes there are some times where it will benefit you to do something today without thinking about what is this going to do for me and when. And I tell you, there's been a lot of time. It's really about building relationships and... And really, like not 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 be in that game for for the quick win for for yeah. for the win today. Yeah. Just as you yeah. say, Max. Yeah, unfortunately, Max. so so many people that go online have this have this idea they're going to get rich next week. So, uh, oh, that, that's the, what the the social media has done in the bad way for for us. They, we don't see those fifteen years of, in the making of <laughs> uh, of the overnight success. But that's just another story. Yes. Thank you so much for for the conversation today. I'm sure that our listeners and viewers have found a lot of value in it and uh, taken action. And please let us know about the action that you've taken, dear Genius Leaders, because we would love to know that. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me on your show. I like to remind hosts that without you, there wouldn't have been a way for me to uh, reach out to the world and tell my story. So without you, there wouldn't be a The Blind Blogger or What's Your Excuse or Mr. No Excuses. All that stuff couldn't happen without people like you. So I thank you sincerely for your show and for your personal, personally for the, the heart and the spirit that you bring to every interview. So thank you. Oh, I appreciate it, Max. And it's my pleasure. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Genius Leadership. If you enjoyed the conversation, hit the subscribe button to not miss an episode. And to help more people become even better leaders, rate and review our podcast and share it with your communities. For more conversations about living and leading from your zone of genius, connect with me on LinkedIn. Genius Leadership is an honest conversation about leading yourself and others. And it's my honor to be your guide in overcoming everything 